It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Titans. I am Jimmy Morris, joined as always by Terry Lambert. Terry, how are you tonight? Doing good. What's going on with you? Not too much. Ready to get this party started. Before we do that, uh, tell you we write for MusicCityMiracles.com, so be sure and check that out. We have a ton of Titans content every single day on there for you, so check that site out. Um, if you want to follow this podcast, you can do it at, on iTunes. You just search for Locked On Titans. You can subscribe there. Uh, you can write and review there as well. We wish that you would. Any feedback, we would much appreciate, so check that out as well. Um, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about the coaching situation with Mike Malarkey and kind of our feelings where they are on that. Um, and then we'll get a little bit into what Mike Malarkey talked about at his press conference today, some injury updates and that kind of stuff. So that's where we're headed tonight. All right. So I, I said on Twitter earlier that I had a, a Mike Malarkey rant coming and, um, I just the the more that I thought about the, the the way the game went down yesterday, the more that I'm frustrated with the coaching situation here. Okay, now let, let's go all the way back to when Mike Malarkey was hired. All right, the Titans did not c- conduct a coaching search; they conducted a, a sham of a search. You know, they had to fill the Rooney Rule and all that kind of stuff. So they, they brought some people in, but it was clear from the beginning of that, that Mike Malarkey was Amy Adams strong guy. I mean, that, that was, there was no doubt about that from anybody that covered the team from anybody that, that had any insight into how the search was going. Malarkey was going to be the guy from the beginning. Okay. We, you and I both agreed that it was a bad hire in the beginning. Um, Malarkey had been a head coach before had, 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 you know, just a couple a terrible year, a couple terrible years as a head coach has an offensive philosophy that is not, that doesn't mesh well with the current NFL. Um, we knew that coming in. We knew that when he hired Terry Rubisky, right? I mean, Terry Rubisky hadn't been an offensive coordinator since, like, Bo Jackson played for him. <laughs> so that, that's, not, that's not entirely true. But uh, Literally, um, it, it was like, I think it was like 1989. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it had been a long time since Terry Rubisky had, had been a coordinator. He had been coaching in the league. But all these teams are hiring coordinators and coaches, and nobody ever, you know, considered him to be their coordinator except for Mike Malarkey. Mike Malarkey made reference to in some of his comments before his first year last year about how he appreciated having a staff full of guys that didn't have aspirations to be head coaches because they were all there to work for him. Okay, now I mean, on one hand, I understand what he's saying. They're all bought in. They're all they're all only worried about what's going on there. But that also means that you don't have any guys on your staff anybody else wants. I mean, that, that, that's how I took those comments, okay? So, you know, when he, when, when he was hired, thought it was a terrible idea. Didn't like it, all right? Now, they go 9-7 last year. The offense looks good. Marcus Mariota looks good. Marcus Mariota, as we have talked about time and time again, is the most important piece of this equation. How he's playing, how he looks is really the only thing that matters to me with what with how this season has gone and how these next two games play out. Okay, last year Marcus Mariota looked great. He looked like he was well on his way to being a a franchise quarterback, a great NFL quarterback. Okay, so at that point, once you step back from that, and you say nine and seven had a chance late. You know, lost the game in Jacksonville, but you know you could point to a couple of their games along the way that they had lost. They probably should have won. But look, that was his first year. 
you're coming up, you're coming from a year where before the Titans had had the number one overall pick, obviously they traded it, but what they had done, John Robinson with the roster, Mike Malarkey on the field, you had to at least give them a little bit of rope this year. You had to at least say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to wait and see how year two plays out. He deserves that based on what he did in year one. Okay. So that's where I was coming into this year. That's why as this year has gone along, I have been hesitant to go ahead and, and go all in on, all right, it's time to move on. It's time to find a new coach. Well, I'm there now. I'm there now, and I'm there for a few reasons. Number one, I think Mike Malarkey is an okay NFL coach. Okay, I, I think that if you keep him around, I think you're going to have a lot of teams that play hard. I think you're going to have teams that are bought in to what he's trying to do. You're going to have teams that will not accept losing. And, and listen, if you follow this franchise for any period of time, you know that through the end of the Fisher era, part of the Munchak era, into the Ken Wisenhunt era, they the, the locker room accepted losing. They were fine with it. There were multiple players on the team that I, that really probably couldn't care less whether another team won. Delaney Walker even said as much when when Mike Malarkey took over that we're going to get rid of some of these guys that that don't necessarily care about winning on the field. So it's not this is not just something that I'm you know viewing from the outside and, and making a speculation on. Delaney Walker said that. Okay, so Mike Malarkey has 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 stabilized the culture. He's changed the culture in the locker room. He's gotten them to a good place as far as all that's concerned. The problem is he doesn't want to run an offense from this century. He he is stuck on we are going to run the ball. We're going to, you know, we have to establish a run every game. No matter who the opponent is, no matter what's going on, we're going to establish the run, okay? If it works, fantastic, okay? And, and, and Terry and I were talking before we came on, and Terry said, you know, hey, if I had my, my choice, I would rather my team go out there and run over everybody. Absolutely, I, I agree with that. The problem is it's not working this year. And so then the problem becomes that Mike Malarkey refuses to change. And, again, you know, everybody wants to fire Terry Rubisky. Everybody's like, oh, we got we got to fire Rubisky. We, you know, we're going to get a new office coordinator, and things are going to change. Things are not going to change just with Terry Rubisky being out, because they're running Mike Malarkey's system. They're running Mike Malarkey's offense. At any point, Mike Malarkey could change a play call, could take over the play calling duties. I mean, I mean there's all kinds of things. He's called plays before. He was an offensive coordinator and was a successful offensive coordinator. He could do any of that stuff at any point if he wanted to. He hasn't done that because he's okay with what's going on in the field. All right? Now, yes, Mike Malarkey, regardless of how this season ends up, in his two seasons as the head coach here, will have a record above 500. Even if the Titans go 8-8, eight eight, they went 9-7 last year, so obviously he's a game over 500 in two years here. There's a, that's okay. Like, And again, when you go back to how bad they were before, when he first got here and all that stuff, oh, that's fine. My problem is, the ceiling with Mike Malarkey, I really think, is a 10-win is a ten win season. Because think about this year. This year should be your ceiling season. You've got a, you've got a division that is missing Andrew Luck, you, so you got you got two wins over Jacoby Brissett. You got a second game against the Texans with Tom Savage instead of, instead of Deshaun Watson. We saw what Deshaun Watson did to the Titans. You've got a, you've you've had games against a, an AFC North division that's really really bad this year, and the one AFC North team that is good, the Steelers, you know, torched them in a Monday night game. And again, we knew coming into the season the defense was going to have issues. We thought the offense was going to be good enough to keep pace in, in some of these games, and we would see some shootouts. Offense has been terrible for most of the year. And then kind of the thing that, that brings it all together for me is when you look at what the Jaguars are doing this year. Blake Bortles is not a good quarterback. He's not. 
All right, go back and watch Blake Bortles' games from the last couple of years before this year. He's terrible. All right, this year he is—he's winning football games for them. Okay, now granted, their defense is great, and, and you know they're—they're going to win a lot of games based on what that defense does. But Blake Bortles is still putting up numbers. He's still throwing for a lot of yards. He's still throwing touchdown passes. He's throwing touchdown passes to undrafted free agents. I mean, he's got guys out there that he hasn't played with before. And they're able to get on the same page. They're able to develop chemistry, something that, you know, all these excuses the Titans have for, for what's going on here. Well, Corey Davis missed camp. Marks Mario missed the offseason. Eric Decker missed this. DeMarco Murray missed blah, blah, blah. You know, all these excuses we got, and, and so they, they don't have the continuity. They don't have the chemistry. Well, week in and week out, we see guys like Blake Bortles go out there. He loses Allen Robinson at the beginning of the year. Marquise Lee has missed a couple of games, missed the majority of the game Sunday against the Texans where the Jaguars scored 45 points, none of them defensive touchdowns. Look at Nick Foles in, in Philadelphia who comes in in his first start and throws four touchdowns. I mean, we, we can go on and on about teams that are able to to score points even when, you know, they, they have these things that, it, that have worked against them. So that's where I am with Mike Morlocky. You know, every game it's like, well, you know, if Adore Jackson picks off that ball in the end zone or if, you know, Eric Walden, if they, if they get the call right there or, you know, whatever, then we have this one play that it that it hinges on. And, it, it, you know, if it would have gone the other way, the Titans would have been able to win. You know who's not talking about that? The Jacksonville Jaguars, who just beat the Texans 45-7, to okay? <laughs> we played the same Texans team. The Titans played the same Texans team two weeks ago. Now, granted, it was, it was with Tom Savage, TJ Yates, but what's the difference there? And, you know, had to barely squeak out a win. Tom Savage throws for over 300 yards. We're, we're happy because Marcus Mariota, you know, didn't didn't turn the ball over much and threw for over 200 yards, and we're thrilled. Like, that's a great game. It, it's just – it's so frustrating because last year, Marcus Mariota looked like a guy that could put the team on his back and, and, and take them somewhere. And now they, they, they've broken him. He's not that guy anymore. And, you know, again, I, I know that there's, there's always – you know, you, you make a change, you start over, all that kind of stuff. You have these offensive guys that have, that have gone places and, and it hasn't worked out. But when you look at like what's going on in Los Angeles with with the Rams and what they've been able to do with Sean McVay after how bad Jared Goff was last year and everybody was ready to give up on him under Jeff Fisher, bringing Sean McVay, hey, Jared Goff looks like a legitimate NFL quarterback. You look at what they've been able to do with Carson Wentz in Philadelphia, and I think Carson Wentz is a good player, but he's playing out of his mind to be a second-year guy because they run an offensive system that fits him. Mike Malarkey's not going to do that. We, he's, we have seen that he just refuses to change what he wants to do to tailor to what he has. And that's what you have to do in today's NFL, and especially when you have a guy who you could tailor a system for in Marcus Mariota, who is a franchise quarterback, who, you know, I get, like, okay, if Tom Savage is my guy, I'm not going to, you know, say, hey, Tom, what do you want to do? We're going to run whatever you want to run because we think you can take it somewhere. You're not going to do that. But they've got Marcus Mariota. They've got a guy that can do that, and they're not willing to make any adjustments on what they do. So that, that's, that's, for me, that's where I'm at. I'm at, like, look, they're not going to do anything different. They're going to continue to, you know, give DeMarco Murray way more carries than Derrick Henry. They're going to continue to – run the ball on third and two at the end of the game because they're they're fine with, with kicking a field goal there. They're going to continue to do those types of things. They're not ever going to change. And I just think that being stubborn in today's NFL is, 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 is the, it's the kiss of death. If you can't change and, and you know, react to what's going on in front of you, then I, I think you're going to be stuck 
where the Titans are stuck, and I think this is where they're always going to be as long as Mike Malarkey's the coach. End rant. <laughs> you feel better about yourself? Yeah, I do. I feel look. I feel okay, better. good. Glad to get that off your chest. Uh, I, I do think you were hitting all the nails on the head. Uh, I think it's a, a lack of adaptation. Uh, I think he came in last year with Rubisky, with a bunch of new pieces up front on the offensive line, uh, and they ran over people because teams didn't know what was coming at them. So you've seen teams get the film, and you saw this in preseason. You know, if you listen to this pod in preseason, we were all over this. We said in the beginning, there's something wrong here. I know it's preseason, but this team can't run the football, and and that's a problem. Uh, and and it's it's carried over, you know, outside of three or four big runs, it, from a from a snap to snap basis, the Titans aren't running the football, uh, and yet you're still seeing that be their bread and butter. So finally, last week you see them go to this no huddle. It's week fifteen. What took them that long to get to this point? So that that's part of the frustration. Uh, it's just a, a lack of adaptation for me. And you got to ask yourself, you know, this is what I've been saying for two or three weeks now. What happens when Deshaun Watson comes back? What happens when Andrew Luck comes back? You're never going to have an easier path to the playoffs. So, and, and like you said, he's not getting fired. I'd be shocked if he did. It's just, it's not going to happen. But you kind of have to think, and and, and I, I like to think and be proactive about what's coming next. The AFC is never going to be this week again. So do you trust Malarkey to get to that next point when everything around him is just going to get stronger? So I, I don't know. It's, it's a really odd place to be in because the record looks great. But, man, look at the teams that he's beaten. Uh, look at this team. Look. Look at the teams that this team has beaten. Look at the quarterbacks they've faced. It's just, there's not a lot there. There's not a lot of, of substance. I know they beat the Seahawks, but outside of that, you know, they put it on the Jaguars. Uh, I think that Baltimore win was good. But outside of those that those few, there's not a lot there. And they haven't won a game that you really feel good about since the Seahawks game. I mean, that was, what, week three? I mean, you know, they, they've had some. They've had some other wins. They've had some nice wins. Um, uh, you know, getting the winner of the Colts here on Monday night was 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 a was a big win for this franchise because of the history against the Colts. But like looking back at that, they needed they needed a, like a miracle in the not not they didn't need a miracle in the fourth quarter to win. But it took them having a good fourth quarter to win that game. I mean, that that game was still in the balance late late in the fourth quarter of that game. Um, we we can go on and on about about that kind of stuff. And and like, like you said. It's just it's the refusal to change, and again the the acknowledgement today that you know hey sometimes the the no huddle is successful maybe we we should we we should do it sometimes more. When like you said week fifteen like the, it it took you that long to figure out it because like I said it, at some point in the middle of this year they kind of look at it and say our franchise quarterback looks like a shell of himself out there. Why is that? What can we do to to fix that to make him better? And I, I mean maybe they have those conversations. I, I'm not privy. So that stuff that they talk about, obviously inside the building, but you you didn't see anything change on the field to 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 help him to make him look any different. So I mean, I, I don't if they had those conversations, I don't I don't know what the result of them was. Um, so yeah, and then you got today, you got Rashard Matthews coming out and saying that he likes it when Marcus calls the shots, um, referring to you know what they were doing in the two minute drill because Marcus Mariota is, is the one that calls the plays when they're out there doing that. 
Now that that's not, I don't think because I got people or I got one guy on Twitter telling me Malarkey's lost the locker room. I don't think that's true. I think these players like Mike Malarkey, but I think they are starting to question why are we doing what we do on offense? Why are we not making changes? When we see when we do something different, it seems to work, but we refuse to you know make a shift to that. I, I think they're starting to openly ask those questions. And now, Richard Matthews, granted, he's he's one of the few that will that will actually speak up about those kind of things. Um, and you know, he said before, you know, I, after one game, maybe it was the Steelers game, I can't remember, where Malarkey kind of blamed the receivers for a couple of the interceptions. And you know, Richard Matthews said, "Well, I guess it's always the receivers' fault." So I mean, I mean, he, he's one that will speak out. But you, you've you've seen other articles with guys questioning why they're refusing to do some different things to, to spark the offense and to get it going. So while I don't think that Mike Malarkey has lost his locker room, because I think the players really like him, I do think that you're starting to get to a point to where if there aren't changes made, you could start going down that road to where at least the guys are not bought into or not completely committed to the system that they're being asked to run. Yeah, and, and the whole thing for me is how do you come back from this? So if you lose out, you finish eight and eight. I, how do you come back from that if you're if you're Terry Rubisky? I don't think you do. I think they'll make a change there if if that's the case. Assuming the offense, you know, keeps doing what it's doing. Uh, so I think they're in need of of a fresh idea uh, offensively. Uh, but yeah, it, it all goes back to Marcus. You know, it, the fact that this staff has made Marcus look how he's looked over the past month it's just that's enough for me yeah that's enough for me to say all right i'm I'm out so and you look at all these you look at at, at mcveigh it's year one I'm, I'm interested to see if he can if he can sustain that success because we, we've seen year one success we've seen it out of vince young we've seen it out of out of robert griffin uh kind of new offenses enter the league and then year two is not the same so we'll see on that uh but the fact is uh it's not working here in Nashville, and it's it's year two, so we've kind of got the same same type deal. So how does Malarkey adapt and go forward? Uh, we've seen no in season adjustments, like literally none. We saw the first one probably this week, and that was running the no the no huddle stuff, which you said he ran seventy five percent of the time, and it worked. Uh, granted, that was a bad defense, but it was good just to see Marcus look like Marcus again. So. Uh, they've got another opportunity uh, against a, a, a defense that's beatable uh, in the Rams. Uh, so I'm, I'm interested to see if they kind of expand on that. Uh, but I don't, I don't know if this this ship can be saved with, with two games, two tough games. Uh, so at the very least, don't you see a change in offensive coordinator coming? Yeah, I do. I just it's not enough, you know. I just don't. No, know I'm with you. Like, yeah, and, and, yeah, yeah. And the whole thing is. Will Malarkey allow the new guy to come in with new ideas and, and, and kind of change up some scheme stuff? And, and we've seen historically that just doesn't happen. It, it's kind of, all right, it's a fresh phrase, but he's running the, the same old stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, he, he would, if they did bring a new offensive coordinator, he would obviously call plays differently. I mean, even in the same system, you're going to have a guy with different ideas and different, you know, things to run. So, I mean, I, you know, that, that that's, a, that, that's a conversation worth having. But I, I don't know, and I, I wonder too. I mean, I guess you have to give him some credit because the the, the offense was was stalling again in the first half of that game, and then they ran the two minute drill right before the right before the half, 
the no huddle. You, they did well there, and so they they decided to come out in it in the second half. So I mean, you, you got to give them some credit there that they actually were willing to do that. But against week fifteen, like you, you yeah. knew that, you know, and it's the first time that you've been willing to make that adjustment. So I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the way. We're, like you said, I think that's the way we're trending. Obviously, you know, there's there's still two games to be played, and you know if if they're willing to run more no huddle or if they're changing things up or whatever, then, you know, maybe it's a different conversation that we're having in a couple weeks, even if they lose both those games. Because, again, I, I'm not – I don't think that the, the wins and the losses in these last two are necessarily the most important thing as far as how I'm going to view the, the, the coaching staff, right? I mean, obviously you want to win, and it's important to win and all that stuff, and I'm not, I'm not really talking about moral victories for the franchise. I'm just talking about as far as the coaching staff goes how they how they play out these two these last two games because listen we're not going to be surprised right if the if the rams come in here and hang you know 35 on this defense and that that nobody's gonna be surprised by that right can the titans score 35 points i, I don't think no. so against the rams you know um but if the titans offense comes out looks good scores what, whatever you know put whatever number of points you want to put on it but they but they look good they look, they look, they look competent marcus looks good all that kind of stuff even if they lose by 10 because the Rams scored 35 points, we knew the defense wasn't going to be that good this year. I mean, again, that, that's kind of, that's what's been lost in all this is the defense has, has really been a whole lot better this year than I thought they were going to be. So when they're out there getting beat, I'm not really that surprised because I just think there's still a lack of talent on that side of the ball in, in a few places. Um, so to me, it's more about that. And, and again, and again, I still hope they win. I'm still cheering for them. I still want them to make the playoffs because that would be cool. That would be fun. We haven't seen a playoff game from this team, you know, in what nine, ten years. I mean, it's been a long time. So that would be cool, even if they, even if they lose, even if they, even if they get smoked. I mean, at least they made the playoffs. Um, that would be good. But I, again, I don't, I don't think that's the most important measuring stick for this staff, just with the way this season has gone. Do you agree with that? Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And and you know, I, making the playoffs is a step. I, I mean, is it a step? Uh, like. Does it really matter if you you make the playoffs and and, and go get beat? I, I don't I don't necessarily buy into that. It's such a hurdle. Uh, I think if you're good, you're going to make the playoffs anyway. Uh, so I, I'm not sure that there's any experience to be gained there. Uh, obviously, pulling for it though. I, I mean, hey, we thought we were going to get it. You know, it, it seemed four weeks ago that it was inevitable. Uh, so to kind of have it ripped out from under us here, it it sucks. Um, but this team just flat out doesn't deserve it, uh, and that's that's the ugly truth right now. Well, even two weeks ago, right? I mean, when yeah. we sat and looked at, at, at needing nine wins, when we because we, two weeks ago we kind of broke it all down. Who everybody had left, saying then get to nine, you're more than likely going to get in. You've got games against the Cardinals and the 49ers. You just have to split that against two teams that are well below 500. You just have to split that. And you're probably in the playoffs. And now, you know, two weeks later, we're, we're thinking they're going to be lucky to get in. So, yeah, it, it's funny how quickly things change in the NFL. So, again, that, that's just kind of what we're keeping an eye on as we go forward here. And, again, I just think – I think that Mike Malarkey has shown his sibling as a coach. I think he's shown who he is, what he is. And, again, I, I think he was – I think he was something that this franchise needed. I think they needed the stabilization in what he's been able to do, but I just I just don't see them I just don't see him being able to take them to that next level. All right, coming up we'll talk a little bit about uh, some new some injury updates and stuff from today's press conference and kind of wrap this up. Matt Williamson brings the scouts perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You gotta talk 
2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah. Let's go throw a couple nuggets out on Allen. And I know he's a lot bigger, a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws. But his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so the Titans have just a couple of injury things uh, right now. They sound like they'll Derek Morgan will be back this week. He's missed the last two games with a with a knee injury. He was able to practice on a limited basis last week, but Mike Markey said he expects him to be back against the Rams, and obviously that that helps. Um, he helps the pass rush, and it's just another presence out there. But you know, you, you gotta you gotta you, we can't say enough about the, the about Eric Walden and the job that he's done, and that was that was a good signing by John Robinson because it, 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 Derek Morgan's absence would have been a lot more notable. If he wasn't able to get that, if he wasn't able to get the deal done with Eric Walden, yeah, we were talking uh, Logan about, Ryan. We, we'd be ahead. talking about Kevin Dodd getting those snaps, and yeah, uh, I, yeah. I don't, I really don't think that would have gone very well. Although he made a play on Sunday, he made a play. He, you he know, made a play. Twitter lit yeah. up when when Dodd yeah. made a play. Was, so that was the first play that that literally he's ever made. Yeah. Uh, he he made one against the Lions last year, so he, he's now yeah. made two plays. So two plays, two years, man. He's That's coming along, solid pace. Um, anyway. Logan Ryan, who missed the end of the game on Sunday after suffering an ankle injury, uh, he is considered day to day. Like I said, he'll be reevaluated on Wednesday. He didn't sound too uh, too worried about him missing the game. So obviously, you know, with, with this Rams attack that is is coming to Nashville, they need to be at full strength in the secondary. So hopefully, he'll be able to go. And then Carl Klug uh, injured his groin in the game, and he's not expected to play. But again, he's not—he's a rotational piece, but he's not anything that I think is a huge loss for this team. Uh, was there anything else there? I know we were talking a little bit about Mike Malarkey's press conference today. Was there anything else that stood out from you from what he said today? Uh, what was what was the quote he had that the Titans need to focus and they need to play better? <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So you know, last week he came came at us with uh, uh, what did he say last week? I, I forget now. The mistakes uh, are fixable. Oh yeah, yeah. The mistake, easily, mistakes easily are very, fixable. Easily fixable. Yeah. Well, well, you know, it's week fourteen. You can go ahead and do that. So, uh, no, we were talking a little bit about Mike Malarkey's press conferences. He's he was kind of standoffish and and combative today. So he, he's a guy that that is kind of lovable when when things are going well. Uh, but we're kind of seeing his true colors come out when when things aren't going so well. So uh, that's kind of interesting to watch. He, he kind of threw a dory under the bus uh there uh talking about the the pick that he didn't make in the end zone which i was telling jimmy you know i, I don't i don't really like that especially with a rookie cornerback who's who's just kind of finding his footing in the nfl he doesn't need to hear that i, I mean that seemed kind of like a low blow to me yeah i'm with you and you know again i, I don't know yeah it sure it'd be great if he makes the play in the the game's probably different if he does if 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 the Eric Walden thing is is again I, I mean I think uh, I, I think Eric Walden made the interception I, I think it's it's fairly clear 
Um, you know, I get the rule, joint possession, goes to receiver, all that kind of stuff. But I don't, I don't think when they got to the ground that the ball was in joint possession. Now, they wrestled around after they got on the ground, and it was at that point. But that's not what's supposed to matter. What's supposed to matter is where the ball is when they get to the ground. And, and I think you, there are some views that, that at least I saw today on Twitter that were pretty clear that Eric Walden had the ball when they went to the ground. But again, like I just wish that we weren't week in and week out, you know, pointing to these one things that the Titans needed that to go their way in order to win the game. Why don't they go out there and make their own breaks and, and, and have a game where they're up by a couple of scores? And so even if they miss out on a call from the refs, they're able to overcome it and still win. And they've done that at times this year. It's just more magnified these last couple of games when, when they haven't been able to do that. But man, I would just love to, to see a team that plays with a with a bigger margin for error than what it seems like this this team is doing right now and again it just feels like so much of that is because of the way they run the offense yeah and like you were saying the Jags are beating people by 30 you know and that's a big deal uh so we haven't seen that out of the Titans I guess we've seen it once and ironically against the Jags um but you know we you haven't seen it since so go blow somebody out you know you're always going to get these these sneaky games any given sunday type games you know where where the cardinals went out and beat the jags uh the dolphins snuck up and beat the patriots you're always going to get those you're going to get one or two a year but the titans are 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 playing down to the to the texans to the to the banged up colts uh you know so uh they needed overtime to beat the browns uh so you know it's it's become a trend with this team it's not an any given Sunday and, and and it's not a win is a win is a win no this team is just bad and they're playing bad teams and and you know they've, they've finally been bitten by it yeah so absolutely so I mean that, that's that's the thing that that is is bothering me and again I just I'm not sure how it's going to get much better I'm not sure how it's going to set up much better for the Titans than it has this year and they haven't they at least haven't been able to take advantage of it to the to the tune of winning an AFC South so I, I just, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, Terry, anything else before we get out tonight? That's all I got. All right, so tomorrow we will start to get a little bit into the Rams, uh, the Rams preview. Uh, you can check out Locked on Rams as well. I think Terry's going to be on with them at some point this week talking about this game. Uh, so be sure and check that out as well because I'm sure they'll be talking a lot about the Titans. And, you know, again, I, I, it's an interesting spot for the Rams. We'll talk about this tomorrow night. But it's an interesting spot for them because they've had a couple of big games in a row. Now they got to come across the country and, and play the Titans. So it'll be interesting to see what, what Rams team that we get on Sunday. Um, but, I mean, the Titans obviously can't be worried about that. they got enough issues of their own to fix. So, again, we really appreciate you listening to Locked on Titans. Uh, you can check us out, again, mcmiracles.com. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at jmorrismcm. Terry is at tlambertfb. Uh, we have a ton of content surrounding the Titans uh, every day. So follow us at those places, and be sure, and again, subscribe on iTunes uh, so that you get these episodes as soon as they're published. So for Terry, this is Jimmy Stan. Thanks for listening to Locked On Titans, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite NBA team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app, and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.